0: Podcast. This is episode 4 the NFL 2021 Draft Review. I am joined by our co-owner and founder, Dante Strella. How are we doing today?
1: Fantastic. How are you, my man?
0: I am doing great. And we are joined by our chief administrator and chief editor, Antonio Del Guzzo, aka Puggy. How are we doing today?
2: I'm wonderful. How are you, bud?
0: I'm doing great. So, draft just concluded about three hours ago we did a little bit of reviewing and we're going to talk about uh who we think won the draft who we think was who we think didn't have a good draft and a sleeper pick like a best value pick that we each have so we're going to start off with a team that we each think had a very good draft so i'm going to kick it over to you dante who do you think had a good draft in the 2021 nfl draft
1: well, I think the Carolina Panthers had a very, very good draft, and I believe that picking J.C. Horn in the first round really started off the dra- Really started off their draft. Uh, well, because to me, he was the number one corner on the board just because of how physical he is in man coverage, and he gets under the skin um, of receivers. And the defense really was the reason that. Uh, part of the reason, most of the reason why they did not, why they lost some games last year. And granted, there was needed some improvement on the offensive side of the ball. And they went out and got Sam Darnold, who is going to be coached by Joe Brady now, who is a young and up and coming um, offensive coordinator. And then they went out in the second round and got Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU and to reunite him and Brady. And I think that that was an excellent pick. Because I think Terrace Marshall, he had injury concern, which is why he fell. But he is truly a first-round talent, has elite catching, elite route running. And he need, just needs to um, – his speed was a little bit question mark. But I think having DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson there will really allow Terrace to really focus on you know over the middle and uh, crossing routes and things like that. And then in the third round, they addressed their offensive line needs with a uh, tackle, Brady Christensen from BYU. And then they also went out and got Sam Darnold, another wep- mo- two more weapons and Tommy Tremble in the third round and then Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round. And that was really the biggest thing that plagued um, Darnold on the Jets is that he really didn't have that many weapons to throw to. So now he has already there DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and they added Terrace Marshall and Tommy Tremble and Chuba Hubbard. Um, going through the rest of their draft, um, they picked up other defensive needs. They picked up interior lineman. They picked up another corner, um, and they picked up uh, another interior lineman in the last round, and then they picked up on the offensive side of the ball uh, another receiver, Shy Smith from South Carolina. And then um, they also picked up a guard from Alabama, Deontay Brown, who I think was a great value pick for uh, for the sixth round, who I feel like it could end up being a starter in the NFL.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of the Panthers draft as well. I think Terrence Marshall Jr. in the second round, especially how far he fell, was a great pickup for them.
1: I agree. I, re- I really think he's, he's going to be good. I think he's going to be special, honestly. I think he's going to – end up being that number one the number one receiver in
0: that offense yeah and I I had Terrence Marshall Jr. going to the Ravens in the first round that is your, yeah your,
1: that's I where I had him going to I thought he was I thought he was for sure a lock
2: if it was just me or this year it seemed like a lot of like injuries plagued teams from getting them like at an earlier time
0: for sure and, for sure and COVID opt-outs
1: yeah, that's why, that's why I think it was just weird in general because Terrace, I mean, Terrace was on pace he, to have a, like, a, I think it was like a 1,300-yard season, and then he opted out once um, their starting quarterback got hurt and he realized that they weren't going to be really competing. Um, but he's still, he still, to me, he was a first-round talent. I mean, I watched him sin, in the 2019 season, and he was special. I, and then he took, a, once Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase left, he took over the number one role this season, and really dominated so I was just really shocked that he fell all the way to pick 59 but I think the Panthers really got us really got a steal in this one
0: yeah I agree uh Puggy who is uh your standout team who do you think did well in your eyes
2: um in my eyes I think the Dolphins did a great job to start off they got in my eyes the second best receiver after Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle not only Is he an explosive player? People compare him to Tyreek Hill. This man is bursting off the line of scrimmage. He's great in the slot. He's great wide out. And not only that, they're reuniting him with Tua, which, as I guess now we can all say, Tua is the future for the Dolphins at this rate. So by giving him a weapon he's comfortable with, it definitely will boost his confidence for this season, alongside now also having Will Fuller. So it's like they're kind of giving faith in him, which is a good sign. And then after that, later on in the first round, they drafted Jalen Phillips, which, I actually found out Miami had, like, the 13th-ranked defensive line last year, which, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's not the greatest. And as we all know, Brian Flores loves the whole idea of blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. But the problem is they never had an elite pass rusher. So hopefully in Jalen Phillips with that draft, I believe they can honestly find that elite pass rusher, even with the whole injury problems they had. I think that's something that gets looked on too much, and I think he could overcome and become what they need. And then in the second round, they dra- they address their defense even more. They got Jevin um, Holland, excuse me if I said that wrong, but he's a safety that played for Oregon phenomenally these past two seasons. And what I'm reading is this is he was able to play both safety and corner. And I don't know if you both remember, but the Dolphins have been doing an overhaul on their defense. The past two years they've been going crazy on drafting corners, boosting corners from getting Byron Jones a free agency. So by adding Jevin Holland, they're making that defensive side a lot younger and, like, a lot more stronger. But then going back on the offensive side, they drafted Liam Etchenberg, who, before this this whole college season started, was one of the highly regarded tackles in the, the draft, which is great for Tua. I mean, obviously, we all had that, that whole worry about Tua getting injured and all that, so they're protecting him even more. So, obviously, like, in my eyes, I think this draft, like, for the Dolphins, was probably one of the best drafts for me because they helped what they could see be the franch- franchise, like, star.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with the, the, that Jalen Phillips pick, and just revitalizing that defense is very is very important, because they, I think they had some, not necessarily holes to fill, but, like, places to boost, and I think they did a good job of doing that in the draft.
2: Yeah, that's, like, honestly, like, M- Miami was not in, like, a position where they had to desperately desperately fix stuff, but... Like you just said, they just had to boost it, and that's what they did. I mean, like I said, they got a new tackle, and then I'm actually looking at it right now. In the seventh round, they did get another tackle. Woohoo! it's the seventh round, but you know what? Anything
0: helps, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all about what you do when you get there, not when you're drafted. So Exactly. Uh, what do you yeah. want to add, Dante?
1: I was going to say, for me, like, I don't know. Jalen Phillips had to medically retire from UCLA, and then – he went to Miami and he was definitely by far the best pass rusher in this draft. I feel like, but maybe Aziz Ojolari, but him and Jalen are both at the top. And, but I, it's just, it's just questionable to me. So that's where I worry a little bit, but if he can stay healthy, then for sure. But the pick that I really liked for the dolphins was uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. He didn't uh, allow a sack in two seasons and um, he improved significantly from year to year. So I think, you know, Put him on the line, and that you know the Notre Dame has produced a lot of good linemen with the in the NFL within the last couple of years. So I think he he was probably going to be the next one, and he can protect Tua's blind side potentially. So I think I agree. I think they had a good draft. They addressed every need. Javon Holland, another safety corner that they it's like a hybrid that they can deploy where they want, and then Jalen Waddle who has familiarity with Tua and in that offense he can be provide a spark and explosion. And I feel like he can run pretty much every route on the route tree.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Steven, what's your opinion, man?
0: So, stop me if I've said this before, but I really enjoyed watching the Chargers draft this year. I think they did a great job. And like I said, stop me if I said this before, but they need a tackle. They had the worst offensive line in football last year. All right, and, Steven,
2: you already said this before. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> but, you know, I had them with uh, Christian Derrissaw, the 13th pick, because I think they needed to tackle. him. I thought Rashawn Slayer would be gone. Lucky for them. Rashawn Slayer fell to them, and that is a huge need for them to fill. Justin Herbert proved that he is the real deal. He'd be he rookie of the year, and now they have a guy who only allowed five total pressures on 350 pass-blocking snaps in 2019 and before he opted out of the 2020 season but this guy is something that they can build around for years to come I mean the the possibilities are endless for them on the offensive line side and then the third round they took Josh Palmer another little toy for Justin Herbert to work with he had 1,514 yards and and seven touchdowns in four seasons but he didn't have really like a good quarterback to work with. He has good size. He's six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds. He had a great game at the senior bowl. And even though, you know, he didn't have like great quarterback play at Tennessee. Because I honestly I couldn't even tell you a Tennessee quarterback off the top of my head. There's a guy I forget who they who took him. I think it was the uh I can't remember his name. I feel like I feel like a dunce. But anyways, Josh Palmer, I think, is a great ad. And he, there, there won't be too much pressure on him either with having Keenan Allen there as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they need a corner desperately, and they were able to fill that need as well, drafting Asante Samuel Jr., who I think is was a fantastic player coming out of uh, Florida State. I think that he will fill in a need that the Chargers lack because on defense, I think their, 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 big problem was corner. They didn't have, you know, a good corner to work with. And of course it didn't help that Derwin James was hurt. I know he's a safety, but the secondary was really weak last year. And I'm a really big fan of what uh, the Brandon Staley's new defense is going to look like uh, for the Chargers going forward.
1: All right.
0: I
2: definitely agree with you. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they got Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. He was kind of a guy that some people had in their mock drafts going in the first round. So, I mean, you're completely right. Like That would definitely help their defense a lot more right now.
1: Yeah, I think the first four picks can come in and either start right away or see a significant amount of playing time. I think Trey McKitty, um, tight end, can come in and replace Hunter Henry um yeah. asante samuel can start right away and rashawn slater obviously is is going to start right away and palmer can can see playing time uh too yeah. so i think all four picks can come in and, and contribute to the team and hopefully they they might be contenders
0: yeah i mean and like i said before palmer you know it's not like he's has to be like the number one guy like all the pressures on smith and chase and maybe waddle and maybe not necessarily waddle but i know there would be a good amount of uh targets going waddles way but sure. with palmer he can he can maybe uh, slip back into a nice little number two or three role and for sure. just n- not have too much pressure on him going forward but I, I like what the chargers did in this draft but uh not everyone had a great draft so dante tell me who do you think in your eyes did not have a good draft
1: Honestly, I mean, like, since Gruden and Mayock got there, I feel like they really have not, they're supposed to be uh, gurus, and they really have not had a good draft, and that continues um, this year. Um, I remember, I think I saw that their 2018 class, their first class, none of them remain on the team, and this might be another one when that happens. Really, their only good pick, I think, was Trayvon Morrig in the second round, but I think they reached for Alex Leatherwood. Um, I think there were better tackles on the on the board still available. Um, I I just I mean they they did fill the need at right tackle, but like I said, I think they reached. Uh, MORG was a, was it was a pretty good pick. Um, but I just I just don't like the. I feel like Malcolm Coons Kuhn, edge edge rusher is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Malcolm Coons, I feel like he really didn't have that much production at Buffalo. And then in the rounds three through rounds three and four, they took um, two more safeties, uh, which I I really don't understand. Um, But, I mean, maybe they'll utilize them use all use all three of them. I don't know. They, I know they have Jonathan Abrams and they don't I feel like oh they lost um Lamarcus Joyner last year so maybe they expect someone to step in. Um but I feel like they really didn't really didn't address their their need of offensive line too much. Um and I feel like they and the linebacker I feel like they really were lacking linebacker um middle specifically like a middle linebacker middle Middle linebacker, I feel like they didn't address that at all.
2: I completely agree with you. I mean, I feel like this year, like, honestly, like, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I feel like this year, with how there wasn't a proper combine and pro day, I think teams kind of just went with the best player available instead of, like, what they needed. that makes sense?
1: Yeah.
2: But, I mean, like, that, that's I feel like every team's like,
1: strategy is different, though.
2: That is true. I mean, you're not wrong either, but, like, I feel like when you look at this draft, like, it kind of was almost like a who's the best player available heavy for a lot of teams.
1: Yeah, but Alex Leatherwood was not the best tackle available at 17.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, disagreeing with you, but then again, like, you see, like, like you said with the whole, ever since Mayock and Gruden have taken over, they've done some weird picks, so. For sure. I I see what you're saying.
1: For sure. I just don't see... I mean, they fill their—they ch- certainly fill their safety needs taking three of them. But everywhere, I mean, everywhere else, there's there's holes in the linebacking. There's holes in on both on both lines, honestly. So I don't. I think they. I, I don't think they had a good draft. What about you, Steve-O? What do you think?
0: Well, for me, one team that I think maybe not necessarily did poorly, but I think that they could have done better was the New Orleans Saints. They got Ping Turner out of Houston, who's a very lengthy man. He's 6'6", 268. You know, you can never have too many pass rushers. You know me, I'm a big fan of the trenches. But I just don't know if that was the need that they had to fill at 28 right away. You know, he, he went to Houston. People weren't very high on the competition he faced. So like, you know, people weren't, didn't really think that he was like a first round prospect necessarily. I think he was more like a second round and you, you need a corner and guys like Eric Stokes and um, Tyson Campbell and even Asante Samuel junior were still there. So it's just like a little bit of like a head scratching moment for me. I mean, they ended up getting Paulson Adebo who I do like. He has okay speed. He's, he's good in the press zone coverage. I think he'll, probably start right away. But I feel like you could have addressed that need sooner as well. And then when you look at their second round pick, it was Pete Warner. I, I I like Pete Warner. I'm not, you know, in love with him. He's solid. Again, I just feel like there was better players they could have taken at that time. So I'm I'm just not, I'm not blown away with them. I mean, we're never going to know exactly who's right and who's wrong until at least like four years out because so much can change in this time. But just looking sure. at the Saints draft right now, I'm just not blown away by it. Like, I feel like they could have done better. But, you know, we could look back in four years and Pete, Pete Werner is the best linebacker in football and Payne Turner just put in back-to-back 15-sack seasons, you know. But uh, just looking at their draft as it is right now, I'm just not blown away by it. But, you know, I could be wrong. But, uh Puggy, what what team do you think didn't do that well?
2: me personally, I'm kind of on the same boat as you, I chose the Bengals, I mean, they didn't have the worst draft ever, but they didn't have the most impressive draft for their team's needs, obviously, with the fifth pick, they took Jamar Chase, but I feel like they had to adjust their line more, and they had Panay Sewell available at that time, and he, Panay Sewell was a guy that every, like, certain executives in the NFL have said, he's gonna become a Hall of Famer, so, like, personally, don't get me wrong, it's nice to see the whole Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow reconnection and all, but... After seeing Joe Burrow get manhandled this past season, which led him to get injured, I don't know how you don't address offensive tackle immediately. And then, don't get me wrong, they went to the second round, they got Jackson Carmen, but, like, I'm looking at him, this like, he has very short arms for a tackle, which is not the best thing to hear when you're looking for someone for the pass, like, pass um, protection. And then, third round, they take an edge rusher, which, I'm high on edge rushers, I've always liked it, I've always said Giants should be drafting more of them. But then they're still not addressing their their offensive line even more that, like, they, that they need. They passed up on people like Ben Cleveland in the third round who I believed was one of the best guards in this year to take and I just don't see what the Bengals are trying to get at when they're passing up on all these tackles and linemen. And then, now, let alone that, the fifth round they took a kicker instead of taking a guard or a tackle. I mean, don't get me wrong, Emmick McPherson was one of the best kickers this past season, but... Do you really draft a kicker in the 5th round? You can easily sign a kicker in my eyes. So, I don't know. I feel like the Bengals definitely... They boosted their team in ways that help, but I don't think they adjusted their major problem.
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm happy that the Lions were able to get Sewell. But, you know, in our mock draft, we all had Sewell going to the Bengals because it was just a big need to fill for them. And, you know, Chase nice... Don't get me wrong, it's yeah. it's going to be fun but to see that reunion. Seizure, you know? Yeah, it's going to be so. fun to see that reunion. But I just feel like there's a bigger need for them.
1: I agree. I think that I, I think they sort of took so so well. I love Chase, but they need to protect Joe and they only really did that with a tackle in the second round. So Yeah.
0: All right, so Lastly, let's go over one uh, player who we think was a good value pick. So I'll start with you, Dante. Who do you think had a very good value pick in this year's draft?
1: Pat Frymuth, baby, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 6'6", six, six, 258, call him baby Gronk. Um, You know, Ellie was questioned a lot when, people, when the Steelers took him, and like, I was one of those people at first and then I delve into it and I thought about it and I saw what people were saying on Twitter and it does make sense in Matt Canada's system the offensive coordinator they do run a two tight end set Eric Ebron will not be there next year most likely so this is a this is probably his replacement and potentially the tight end for the future instead of just like an you know an average average player. Um, I feel like they're going to get the tight end more involved. And I feel like he really brings he's, – he's dynamic. You know, he's a, he's a do-it-all. He's like a Mike Kosicki. He's really athletic. Um, he can run routes. He has great hands. And also the one thing that, you know, has really lacked from Eric Ebron is his, his – primary because has the blocking ability. So I think bringing that into the Steelers for – will immediately help the run game. Uh, having a tight end who can block and not get pushed off the ball immediately will help. Um, Really the only, um, he had surgery and that's about it. That's the only really real concern with him. Um, And I think Steelers fans shouldn't be upset with the second round pick for him because, you know, the Steelers always, their draft strategy is draft by best available on their big board and not for need because that tends to lead to reaching. So I think the Steelers fans should have faith in Colbert and Tomlin and know and understand that they know what they're doing. What about
2: you, huggy So, I'm going to kind of go with someone in the fourth round. I've been following him for a while until he, like, kind of got injured with his knee. Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. He got drafted by the Titans. And I don't know if you all know this, but this guy actually is coached by the same coach. I forget what type of martial arts it is, but that, like, this coach coaches both Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack. So, when I, like, I looked into this guy even more, this man is 259, 6'4", and 82 inches wingspan. And when you watch his tape, it's insane. He, if I'm not mistaken, recorded 17 sacks over his three years at Pitt, which, I mean, it's not incredible, but, I mean, he's a fourth-round talent for a reason. I think, though, he does have the potential to become not fully like Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack, but he has explosiveness, and he has the quick hands like both of them, so he could put a mark somewhat like them. Not week in, week out, but, like, maybe... Seven games per season, which is not awful, but I think he could become a really nice pick for the Titans.
0: And the Titans are gonna need him to produce right away, because I, I don't really trust Clowney. That much. Not oh no, there Clowney's anymore. not there anymore, but he well, I'm sorry, he went to the to Cleveland. Come on out, Steve. Know. Yeah, no, I know I, <laughs> I was as I was saying it, I'm like, wait a minute, he left, didn't he? And I'm now I'm gonna sound like an idiot. And I did successfully, so good job, pound the back for me. That being said, I still think they need they, they need guys Bud Dupree, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, I was thinking of Blood Dupree, um, but they're gonna need him him to produce right away because the Titans don't really scare me next year.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I think I think they got worse he-
1: personally from last season. So I agree with you, Steven.
2: I guess we might have another new topic for another podcast. Yeah.
0: Can, can Steven remember who signed where and when? <laughs> <laughs>
2: What about you, Stephen? Though, who do you think was kind of so? Like I did not
0: forget this man, Rondale Moore, out of Purdue, as I like to call him, Baby DK Metcalf, because I think maybe I'm high on him for no reason, but I'm just I'm a huge fan of him. Probably you got me into liking him as much. He's you know he's he's five seven, yeah. He's not he's not you know tall, but he's shifty. He's explosive. He he's strong, and there's not going to be. A crazy amount of pressure on him like, like I was saying with Josh Palmer there's not gonna be a crazy amount of pressure on him to get the job done because they still have Fitzgerald they signed AJ Green see I remember that and did Fitzgerald resign again did he not am I am I wrong am I forgetting things again I thought he was holding out is he am I am I losing it again He might be but continue on either way I'm a huge fan of Rondale Moore. When Fitzgerald's gone, whether it's after this season, currently, or in a few years when he retires, I think he'll be a great weapon for Kyler Murray to work with going forward. He forced 37 missed tackles as a true freshman, and I mean, I'm sure, and he's only gotten better since. And I'm a huge fan of his production going forward in Cliff Kingsbury's. So, coming up next, we're going to be talking about the Bears trading up for Justin Fields and the Jaguars' second if You don't want to miss it.
2: Are you looking for a fresh cut this summer? Well, head over to at underscore EdwinTheBarber underscore on Instagram so that you can enjoy the ETB experience. Edwin is a self-taught barber that will make you feel like a new person after a fresh cut.
0: all right everyone welcome back to the cloud zero sports podcast we're going to be talking about some of the first round picks that were going on and one thing i want to talk about is the justin fields pick the bears moved up to get their guy they're moving off from trubisky yeah sure they signed Andy Dolan and they had still have nick Foles riding the bench as well but they figured that they can jump up get their guy and they have their guy now a lot of people very high on justin fields I got to ask Dante, what is your take on Justin Fields? I
1: love, absolutely love Justin Fields. He went 20-2 as a starter at Ohio, the Ohio State University. He's very dynamic. He can has a fantastic arm. He is a great scrambler. And I know he kind of had a down year. this For him, he had an off year this year in 2020 where he's struggled against um, – Northwestern and Indiana, but in 2019 he absolutely dominated. He could not be stopped until the college football playoff. Um, but in this year's college football playoff, he showed accuracy and he showed toughness. He outdueled um, Trevor Lawrence. He went head to head with him, outdueled him. He took a rip shot right before the first right for the first half ended, and he toughed it out and he played. Um, he might even have broke, a couple broken ribs, and he played through it and tossed six touchdowns um, and one interception. Um, he can really, he throws the ball accurately, and like I said, what separates him is just his, his, um, his improvisation. He can scramble out of the pocket, and he can make pretty much every throw. The only things that he really has to develop is I think his pocket awareness needs to get a little better, better, um, and the way he faces the blitz, sometimes he freezes, and he just he just has to get better with identifying blitzers and how he he needs to stand in the pocket, might might have to stand in the pocket and take a shot, especially behind that Bears O line, um, if they do not get better. But I think that's something that can most definitely be worked on within Mac- Matt Nagy's offense. But I do think he has every weapon available. To him to help him, I think Allen Robinson's a fantastic receiver had an awesome year last year with horrible quarterbacks, quite frankly. Um, Darnell Mooney, I remember there were countless. He's one of my favorite underrated pros, underrated receivers this year coming. Um, he's an excellent route runner, but I watched a lot of games for the Bears, and every time he was open, Ben Trubisky or Nick Foles just could not get him the ball. Um, Cole Komet is an upcoming tight end, and they also have. Um, veteran jimmy graham at tight end so and they also have david montgomery who really picked it up towards the end of last season so i think justin fields comes in to a great situation with the bears they have a fantastic defense and they have all the weapons in the world they just need to put it all together and hopefully um there's there's only there's only only way to go is up
0: yeah i agree because they didn't really give up too much yeah they gave up a first round next year but that's not too to get much. their
1: franchise quarterback. That's yeah. not. That's not. No, that's nothing.
0: Exactly, and especially what they gave up to move one spot to get Trubisky a couple of years ago, compared to this, I think it was a great move, and it also benefited the Giants too when when the Giants moved back. But for me, you know, Nagy and uh, the GM—I forget his name—Ryan Pace. Yeah, they're on borrowed time, and I feel for like sure, they, and and they knew like, okay, we got to make a move to save our butts because. If they didn't make this move and they stuck it out with Andy Dolan and Nick Foles, my guess is a year from now, they don't have that job still. I mean, they still might not have the job. It just depends on the performance. But I think Justin Fields is talented enough to keep their jobs alive going forward. And I think Nagy is going to have a fun time using him in his scheme. I Like you were saying about the, uh, the uh, semifinal game in the college football playoffs, the kid is tough as nails. I mean, he took. He was Scott's, composed
1: from there. He, he did not show any any signs of pain. He just kept playing.
0: he just kept playing. It, it was just really gritty. It was great to watch. And real, I, I think it increases stock a lot. And then to help protect him, they got Tevin Jenkins in the second round, who many and they traded up
1: for him too, uh, to the aggressiveness of Nagy and uh, Pace. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're, they're, they said, you know what, we are going to try and put together the best possible team. That we can right now, and I think Tevin Jenkins, he was a first round, uh, talent on many boards. Yeah, he doesn't have very good, like, very long arms, but he's great in the run game. He, I, I think, he could definitely develop as a pass blocker. I mean, they're, they're they're doing their best to help him out now. They already have, like you said, the weapons. So I think Justin Fields is in a good situation. Who knows with the Rogers situation how that will end up? Because they, they might end up the uh, Packers might end up rolling out with Jordan Love if Rodgers Gets out of there or retires. Right. The Lions aren't doing anything, and the Vikings are a little bit of a wild card. So, <laughs> the I mean, it's true. The Lions. What are the Lions going to do? Sure, I mean, for sure, for sure. No, mean, you're right. I mean, we, they they could surprise us. I mean, they'll have to over. They would have to invent a new word for overachieving to to get to the playoffs. But the point I'm trying to make is, I think if the cards fall right for the Bears, and I think they have half of those cards going right for them right now, I think the Bears have a good shot to win this division.
1: Well, think about this, too. I mean, they went, they made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles interchanging throughout the season. Yeah. So imagine yeah. if they have a guy who can actually get the receivers the ball and let that defense go to work. I mean, they're, they definitely have a high, very, very high ceiling, I think, um, with Justin well, Fields in the future.
2: To counteract that kind of – I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Justin Fields um, draft was amazing, but – Justin Fields is not really that aggressive in my eyes when it comes to passing. Like you kind of said, like his pocket awareness is not that great. And like many people have said before the draft started, he never really looked for the contested throw. He only looked for open, wide open targets. So, I mean, that's something he needs to develop. Obviously, he will over time. But I think that could be a factor in towards the Bears making the playoffs this year in my eyes. Especially also on the flip side of the team, like the defense. They did lose a lot of their key players. Like Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I think they so still have know. Hicks, I mean, don't they?
2: I thought he got cut, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, weren't they going to send him over to Seattle in a trade for Russell Wilson? But they just ended up cutting him anyway. If I'm not mistaken, that's what I thought happened. But
2: you get what I'm trying to say, though. Like, I mean, obviously Fields is a talented player. I mean, he can't. He can, like you said, Dante. I mean, Dante perfectly said everything about him. He could run. He could take shots. Even no,
1: he Akeem's like on the Bears. Nails.
0: They didn't get rid oh. of him.
1: No, they, they cut, uh, they cut right. Fuller, right? Yeah. Well, Fuller. Yeah, mm, they did. Fuller, they did lose Fuller for sure. Yeah, that hurts. But yeah, go on. Sorry.
0: No, you're
2: good. But um, I mean, I don't know. Definitely, the Just Fields thing was a big statement pick, and I do think he will be great. But. I think he needs to develop because at the same well, for time, I sure. don't know where his, his stock dropped right before the draft. I mean, Dante, you're a guy that said he should have been drafted second overall or at least higher. And I don't know what causes his stock to drop so much.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's just due to um, his lack of pocket awareness, but like, I, I think that's something that can be developed, especially because his accuracy is just so it's so precise. So I think it's
2: It's phenomenal. It is pinpoint.
1: exactly. So I I think if he develop, if he just develops that pocket awareness to hang in there a little bit,
2: roll to know when to roll
1: out, know when to throw, know when to check down to his running back. Those little things pair that with the what he already has in accuracy. I mean, I think he's he's their franchise franchise guy for years to come. I mean, I, I think I I love it. I mean, I love the pick. I love Justin Fields. I think the Jets. And Niners honestly messed up taking I don't think Zach Wilson's gonna be good at all. Trey Lance, I think he's gonna be I think he, he can be he's gonna definitely gonna be better than Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson I don't think he's gonna be good. So I definitely love Justin Fields.
0: I just want to add one quick thing. Buddy you were saying how like, you know, he only goes for the open receiver, doesn't throw many contested balls, and it's something he'll have to get accustomed to in the NFL. Alan Robinson's a pretty good toy to work with to get that job done.
2: Oh, he definitely is. Don't get me wrong, but I mean like you still need to build that confidence level to like be, say like, "Oh, I'm willing to throw to this guy even though he has a guy right on him." Yeah, well, Allen
0: Robinson's one of those guys where you could definitely build trust quickly. And I think the Bears franchise tagging him it, it was is now actually a good move and I'd be willing to bet Alan Robinson woke up a little bit happier after they took Justin Fields. Cuz I know he didn't he didn't really want to stay there. He wanted to move out, but Look
1: out Look out for Darnell Mooney too, boys. I'm oh, telling yeah, you, of course. Yeah,
2: you you are a preacher for him.
1: I I love I love route runners, man. I doesn't matter if you're like it's that's how Cole Beasley, West Walker, and all them boys make all the slow people make their money. And Cooper Cup is is route running, and Darnell Mooney's uh he's not slow, but he can definitely run some routes. Same with Justin Jefferson. Same with. Uh, Jamar Chase, like all all those guys this is this route. Stephon Diggs, one of the best route runners in the NFL. Devonte Adams, like route running, they're definitely not the fastest, but the route running gets them open. So that's why I think Darnell Mooney can take that next level step this year.
2: Or hey, even their news draft, um, Daz Newsome. I don't know if you ever watched highlights of him but he's explosive and is really good at route running. Is he?
1: Yeah, no, I haven't really seen too much on him. But yeah, I and mean, that's another weapon then for him. So I, I think I I think Fields overall I think he's going to he's definitely going to be a day one starter. I, I mean, I'll be shocked if Andy Dalton starts. Maybe Andy Dalton starts the first couple weeks, first week or two, but I expect by, like, week five for Fields to be in there. I mean, they got to give him a shot. I mean, you don't take – you don't trade up for him. As Steven said, Pace and Nagy are both on the hot seat probably for the most part. So you don't trade up for him and have him sit on the bench. So I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to find if he doesn't start week one Let it, and then if not, come in by week five.
0: Yep, I agree completely with you guys but one thing i want to get your take on shifting gears a little bit the jaguars yeah they, they took trevor lawrence as a home run pick you know i i mean there was really no doubt about any of that but then i want to talk about what they did with their second first round pick travis etienne dante what do you think about this pick
1: i mean i just it's a great pick i just don't understand it and i know Urban Meyer came out and said that they want to. They see him more as a third-down back. But if anything, that makes it even worse because why would you take a third-down back with your second overall pick? Yeah. When you could have gotten a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Another, sorry, a receiver for Trevor Lawrence. A. I mean, I know they got Walker Little in the second round, which honestly is pretty good. Pretty good value. Pretty good pick, honestly. Um, but like I said they could have got a receiver I mean they could have added someone on defense God knows that defense was horrible last year so they could have added um, short up that secondary a little bit with a higher pick um, rather than take a guy who I mean who guy who will just serve as a third down running back now if they use him as an every down running back then okay fine but just to use as a third down running back just doesn't make sense to me um, I love Travis Etienne coming out. Um, he's very explosive, very explosive pass catcher. Um, he can always take, always is a threat to take it to the house every time he has the ball. But like I said, um, just at the twenty-fifth pick, I just don't really understand it fully. I feel like they could have done something else, else with the pick for sure.
0: Yeah. And they had, they have James Robinson. They also have Carlos yeah, yeah. Hyatt. Sorry, I
1: didn't even mention that. Yeah, yeah they have James like, Robinson.
0: And then they said, "Oh, we're going to bring you in," like you said, as a third down back. Well, why, why are you drafting a third down back in in the first round? I mean, maybe that's like a smokescreen or something, but I just don't understand. Like you said, you, there's many. And other... they
1: signed, they signed someone else too, didn't they? Uh, what's his name? They signed. Some, they have.
0: I. Regardless, you still got two solid running backs to work with. I think Travis Etienne is is too talented to just, Carlos to Hyde. just be. Yeah, I, I said Carlos. They
1: signed Carlos Hyde too. That's why. And I, they said they want James Robinson and Hyde to take the carries, and then Travis Etienne to
0: take third down carries. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's better yeah. than a third down back. And if you know, yeah, I agree. So, like, I don't know why he wouldn't be the primary guy. And like you said, they could have addressed so much more. I mean, which they did by taking, um, oh, what the heck's his name? By taking Tyson Campbell.
1: Yeah, that was a good pick for sure.
0: But you know, you could have had Tyson Campbell. JOK and JOK if you wanted to, yeah. yeah. Or you could have had they Trey could have had a, they
1: could have solidified him as the middle linebacker for the future. I and mean, that's what I would have done, honestly. I don't, and then take Tyson Campbell with their second pick, so they address right there. They addressed um, the defense. They dress middle, the linebacking corps as well as their second and short, their secondary with Tyson Campbell. So I don't understand. I do like to pick a Walker Little. I think that was a great pick, but...
2: Definitely is.
1: Yeah, I just don't understand what... Tra- I don't understand Travis Etienne.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't... What's your take, buddy?
2: I mean, I agree with both of you. It's kind of like... I mean, phenomenal player, don't get me wrong, but it's just, an, just a flashy pick, like you said, Stephen. I mean... It's a sexy pick, like yeah. you said... Like, they could have gone after anything else that could have helped them more. Like, I'm looking at James Robinson's stats from last season. This man ran for 1,070 yards, and this was an undrafted free agent. So it's like, I don't know. Like, And also, like, saying that he's going to become a third down back, um, Etienne, that is, like, that's kind of an insult in my eyes, because Etienne's a, like, every down back. Like, you saw it in Clemson. So I just, I don't see the point in drafting him. Like, they could have either A-drafted someone that would help them more or trade back to give it different picks in my eyes. Yeah. And then
0: Trevor Lawrence is looking at Urban Meyer saying that oh he's going to be a third down back like Trevor's looking at him like this is my boy like we can get the job done every every down. What do you mean just a third down back? But like I said it could be a smoke screen because then you know teams are preparing for James Robinson the whole year and now Travis Etienne's taking the the bulk of the carries but either way I still think they could have addressed other needs. Definitely. All right. So After another one more small break, we are going to address our team's draft of how we think the Giants, Lions, and Steelers did. So you don't want to miss our final segment coming Want to listen to more fresh beats like this one? Well, head on over to 33 Ranger Music on SoundCloud. all right everyone welcome back to the cloud zero sports podcast for our last segment we're going to be going over our opinions on our favorite team's drafts so dante how do you think the steelers did in this year's draft
1: um i think the steelers had a i rate them as having a b plus a draft the really the only pick that Really comes into question is Pat Fryermuth, but I do, I did end up liking it, and I do understand why they did it. Um, I think obviously everybody knew they were going to take Najee Harris, so I think that was a great pick. They needed to address the run game, um, but I also feel like they addressed the run game with Pat Frymuth, bringing in Pat Fryermuth because not only is he a great receiver, but he's also a great run blocker, which they really lacked last year. Um, Eric Ebron is not, he is not a Run blocker whatsoever, strictly a pass catching tight end. And Vance McDonald, sorry, um, let, thank God he retired. But I think they had a great third and fourth round picks with addressing Kendrick Green from Illinois, which tells me um, they really knew they their draft board was really set up that they knew that they could get Kendrick Green in the third round in the center that they wanted to replace, hopefully um, Pouncy. And then they got um, Dan Moore Jr. who's an offensive tackle to come in and compete for a starting job with uh, Chooks Okrafor and um what's his name? Zach Banner. So I really like that pick. I think Kendrick Moore's a little undersized. Kendrick Green, sorry, is a little undersized at center, but you know, they'll make it work. And they added linebacker depth with Buddy Johnson, who is a inside linebacker, I believe. So they added linebacker depth there. And then they really add. This was a really pick that I really liked. Isaiah Loudermilk, who um come is Wisconsin um defensive in defensive uh interior defensive lineman who can really Tyson Alolalu, They were lucky that he chose to resign with Pittsburgh, but they might lose him again next year. So hopefully they he can come in and provide some provide some depth and hopefully end up starting because. Isaiah Bugs who they currently have just is is not good. And then they also got a edge rusher depth in the sixth round with Quincy Rocha uh, Rocha from Miami. And he's he's not an elite athlete, but he he can read, he's smart, he can read and read the, read the play and hopefully make a play. And then this is a the, the seventh round pick from Trey Norwood from Oklahoma. I actually really liked because he was the defensive player of the game in the i want to say the whatever whatever bowl they played in but he was the defensive player of the game he's a safety but also can play cornerback and i think it's someone that they can develop in the future and hopefully he can end up starting because they lost their excellent slot corner mike hilton and they also lost their second starting quarterback aside from joe hayden so I really think they added depth there, and then of course in the seventh round pick they picked the punter, uh, Presley Harvin, the third baby. So hopefully he can come in and um, they can cut Jordan Berry because he is inconsistent as a punter and he has had some tumultuous seasons with Pittsburgh. What about what about you, Steve-o? How do you think the Lions did?
0: You know, I'm in the same camp as you are in terms of grading. I think the Lions get, got a solid B plus, A minus. I'll, I'll go A minus just for, for biasness factors. But Penny Sewell, I think, was a fantastic pick. Fun fact, I was actually the person in the draft room giving him suggestions talking about the trenches because they went with the trenches in their first three picks. So Sewell, he, I don't I don't really know what the situation with Taylor Decker is. He had a good season last year. I don't know how they feel about him being the long-term like solution at left tackle, so maybe they might trade him or let him go. I'm not quite sure, but for sure, what I do know is that, is that Sue will find his way onto that offensive line, whether it's left or right tackle, and that is for sure, and I'm a huge fan of him. They, he's a generational offensive lineman. He, he is ext- He's young, too. He could easily be in Detroit if they play their cards right for his entire career. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Brad Holmes was out of his mind excited when he made his first pick as a GM. I don't know if it's because it was his first pick or because it was a combination of getting Sewell as well. What I know, he was going crazy. And I I know that Jared Goff is happy that he's going to get protection because the Lions' O-line was okay last year. Now they added Sewell. It could, could in time, be one of the better O-lines in the future. And I think that's what they're going for because, like I said before, they're not going anywhere for at least three years unless they overachieve beyond words so building a, a good offensive line starting with him is a great idea and now we flip to the other side of the ball on the other side of the trenches here here we go watch me try to pronounce this Levi onwu Zurich from Washington defensive tackle I think I did that was, it was pretty good right? yeah I, I was impressed. Yeah. It was a pretty good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm going to hang that on my wall. Managed to pronounce something slightly well. and put a nice plaque above my computer. But this guy, he has a quote about the way he plays football that I can't say on here because it is way too explicit. But if you want to look it up, go for it. Pretty much in summary is he likes to get down and dirty and he likes to get the job done. But he said that in a much more explicit way. He, he only had seven sacks. In his college career. But he is disruptive. And I know that is exactly what Dan Campbell wants him to do. He wants him to bite a couple kneecaps off. So I'm really excited for that. I think he has the uh, potential to to become a good pass rusher with the right coaching. And I think under Dan Campbell's regime, that could definitely happen. And then the third round, they went with another big boy. They went with a defensive tackle who all he does is he eats up blocks. Aleem McNeil. Out of NC State, this dude he might not get sacks, but he eats a block. It kind of reminds me of um. Oh my goodness, what's his name? Oh my goodness, uh, Puggy, help me out. The defensive tackle from the Giants got traded. Darren Harrison. Damon Harrison. Oh, Damon Harrison. Thank you, thank you. I knew it was something D Harrison something. Thank you. It reminds me a lot of him. I'm you know they're building the trenches early. Could there have been another need that they could have gotten like wide receiver? Yes, but. I think he was the best player on their board he was third best defensive tackle even sometimes the second best defensive tackle on many people's boards so the Lions got two of the three best defensive tackles in their rebuild and building the trenches like that is going to be fantastic for them moving forward and then maybe they could focus on like true edge rushers in the coming years so I know they have Romeo Aquara. they got him for on a three-year deal so he'll be there for a while which is nice and then the fourth round they got they make some good picks here. They got a Ross, St. Brown named after an Egyptian god. There's nothing necessarily that stands out with him besides that he's solid across the board with everything that he does, and I think that's a good like a
1: juju superstar
0: Yeah, either he does everything solid, like he's not like he doesn't have like elite speed or elite route running or he's you know not like elite at getting contested balls, but he's not terrible in any of those fields either. And the wide, the Lions have no wide receivers, really, to work with. I mean, that's not necessarily true. They have Tyrell, Tyrell Williams, and they have Brashad Perryman, they have Quintez Sivas, who I know they're high on. But Amon Ross St. Brown could definitely step in day one in this rebuild and get reps and improve as the year goes on. So when that the Lions are hopefully a contender by the year 2024, 2025, somewhere in there. 2030. Yeah. He's 2030, 20, 2040. 20, <laughs> no, but but for real, though, I think that – if we're lucky now. Yeah. I think that was a good pick for them, for a guy to develop. And, of course, they're not done picking yet. Yeah, they still have another couple of years to develop other talent as well. And then they traded up right in the next pick. They got Derek Barnes out of Purdue, who, again, same situation. Maybe doesn't excel everywhere. He's, he, he has a, he's a good pass rusher. He has some upsides in coverage. Again, he's solid across the board, and that's someone they can work with going forward. He He's like a middle linebacker. That's another key spot they need to fill and he's someone that they didn't really give him too much for yes they gave him a fourth rounder next year but they're going to get good comp picks for Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones one of them like, will most likely be a fourth Kenny Galladay might even be a third so I think taking a shot on Derek Barnes at, uh, in the fourth round was a good was a good idea and then to wrap it up they didn't have a fifth or seventh or fifth or sixth round pick but they got a seventh from that Cleveland trade where they got where they got Barnes and they got uh, Jeremar Jefferson out of Oregon State. Um, you know, He was the third-to-last pick in the draft. Running back, on Johnson's probably seen his better days in Detroit. And one good thing I like about him was I looked him up. He is willing to step up in pass protection, and that is huge. I always like a running back who's willing to block on third down or second down or whenever they need him to step in and block. It's a good thing to have a guy like that, and they can have Swift worry about being – the every down back so I do like this draft that the uh that Brad Holmes put together uh, I said the same thing about Bob Quinn we all know how that turned out uh, <laughs> as a Lions fan we I every year we're saying how uh, oh you know they did a great job I want to see results I like these guys I don't want to get too excited but unfortunately yet again I uh I'm going down the same path I am once again excited with this draft class and i'm hoping for big things from dan campbell in his first year and i'm uh, excited for the future to come with because they have two first rounders in 2022 and 2023 most likely late first rounders but hey you know they can definitely get some good talent out of that and if brad holmes proves to be a good drafter they, they could be a really good team in, in uh the the mid uh 2020s but uh enough of me blabbing on about the lions puggy tell me about the giants what do you think about their draft I just got to say, it was kind of a shock.
2: I mean, Dave Gettleman traded down twice yeah. like Yeah. in one one draft
0: alone. He's never done this before, so it was just a shock at first. I heard he had two concussions. That's why he did it. For <laughs> uh, each trade just down, have, honestly. he had a concussion. But, uh, yeah, anyways, keep going.
2: Honestly, to start before I talk about the Giants, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys and the Eagles now anymore. They gave me more reasons to not like them. I was like going to say,
0: you were fans of them before. <laughs> I mean,
2: uh, I had some respect for them. Now I don't. <laughs> I don't know how you can trade be- between divisions, but it's okay. It's alright, we'll see how that pans out for them, the whole Devonta Smith and trading down. But, to continue on with the Giants, I think if I'm giving them a grade, I'd give them a B plus A-, minus, like all of you guys, but like the biases will come in, I'd say A-. minus. This draft for the Giants, I feel like it was kind of more of a boost the depth draft rather than get what you fully need. Because... Every Giants fan, even myself, some of us are saying, like, oh, why didn't they just adjust the O-line at all? Like, if you check our, who we drafted, we drafted a wide receiver, two edge rushers, two defensive backs, and one running back. And obviously, there are times where we pass up on an offensive guard or an offensive tackle, but I'll get into that very shortly. Start off, though, with round one, we take Kadarius Tony from Florida. I thought that's an impressive pick to take. I mean, I watched tape on this guy after the pick – he's just phenomenal. In my eyes, he reminds me of an Odell. Odell, but more shifty and elusive. He had 120 receptions for 1,500 yards during his career at Florida. Had 12 touchdowns. He rushed 66 times for 580 yards. Had two rushing touchdowns and one return TD. While he may be an actual true wide receiver for one year so far, this is Joe Judge's prodigy. Like, this is his project. And like, some people might not remember this, Joe Judge was a wide receiver coach. So, this is a perfect opportunity for Tony. Like judge, judge can't like form into what he needs to become. Then in the second round, second round comes around. The Giants phenomenal with the pick. They got Aziz Ajulari even after trading down. Good pronunciation. This man, while he, what it's was a that? Good
0: pronunciation on the, on him. Thank you.
2: This is a guy that yes, he may have knee injuries. Injuries like scare everyone. But I think if he can overcome it, he will be phenomenal again. He, with three years he played at Georgia, he had 15 sacks and had about, if I'm not mistaken, 18 tackles for loss, which is not, it's not awful. It's pretty good. It's solid. And I think they got him for a good deal. I mean, they traded back. They got, uh, I'm checking right now. They got, obvi- they got another third round pick for from the Dolphins for doing that, which I believe was great. I mean, obviously with what Dave Gallman did this year, he's boosting for the future. And the potential chance that if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out this season, we could potentially trade up next year and get a new quarterback. So, so far, that is what I'm liking from this past year's draft. I mean, we definitely boosted the team in depth-wise and got us ready for any potential mishaps. But then after the first two rounds, I mean, there wasn't much to say about who we draft. I mean, defensive back Aaron Robinson from UCF... I looked into him. He's a very solid player. I mean, he's a, one of those defensive backs that literally no routes, like, on the snap of his fingers. He can run the route for the wide receiver. So, he definitely will help. God forbid someone gets injured, he could definitely step up and help. That's my take, personally, about this. And uh, In the sixth round, we did take a running back who, like you said, Seaman, it's very nice to have a pass, uh, um, a blocking running back. Gary Brightwell out of Arizona, he's very capable of doing that. And hopefully when Saquon comes back and if he can return back to healthy like how he was before, he doesn't have to worry about the pass blocking on those downs, and Gary Brightwell can come in for that.
0: Yeah, and one thing I really like about the Giants, they got an extra first next year. I really like that for them, and, and they still yeah, got a that, good guy. I mean, that's too. phenomenal. And They still got a good guy, too. But
2: honestly, will that first be top five or top ten? Who knows, but I mean, another first is always another first. Oh, yeah, first.
0: It, it doesn't matter where where the pick is. It's just what you do with the pick, and obviously, if, if, you're, if your pick is in the first round and you draft correctly, you're more likely to get a good player, you know. So, I know that sounds obvious, but, it, I mean, it's true, though. I mean, not everyone can hit on the first round picks, you know? So if you, mm-hmm. if you get two chances at it, you know, and you can hit on both of them, that's huge.
2: Yeah, or God forbid and Daniel Jones doesn't pan out, they can use that first-round pick and trade They could, up. yeah,
0: if, if they really uh, really think they have to. They're, I don't even know who are the quarterbacks that could, you know, be worthy of that next year. I don't have any thought top of my head. Spencer Rattler. I think it's the Oklahoma quarterback
2: in UNC.
1: Spencer Rattler, oh, sure. Sam Howell. Depends how LSU's quarterback plays this year, but maybe him. Miles Brennan is his name.
0: Gotcha, fair enough. So, anything else you guys want to add on?
1: Nah, I'm good.
0: All right, excellent. Well, I enjoyed I enjoy this. I think it was pretty successful. Our mock drafts, besides like the first couple of picks and Mac Jones, we didn't really hit on any of them.
1: Yeah. I don't even think Mel Kuiper yeah, did but so I think we're good
2: yeah. <laughs> hey if it makes you feel better I mean Dante and I were right about the Raiders pick just around
0: too early yeah <laughs> yeah alright guys well it was a pleasure I, uh, and I look forward to uh, doing a podcast in the near future with you Dante anytime you want to come on man you are welcome yes sir thank you everyone for listening to the Cloud Zero Sports Podcast I hope you all enjoyed Be sure to look out for more blogs on our website, cloudzerosports.com, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cloud Zero Sports for updates and to keep the sports conversation going. Have a great day.